and welcome to Bury the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zratty. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press music reporter Erin Labar. First episode of 2020. It feels like it's been a very long time since we've done an episode. It does. It's been, what, three weeks? Two yeah. Weeks? It's yeah. been a while. Yeah, we took a break over the holidays. We yeah. are back now. And further to that, one of our topics today will be about how 2020, or 10 days in, and it already feels like it's been a century. And whoa. A lot of stuff's been going on. A lot of stuff has been going on. So we're going to touch on, you know, fires in Australia. We're going to talk about the plane crash a little bit. We're going to talk about all the things that are going on. Yes. And how they may be contributing to, you know, your January malaise. And also Harry and Meghan. And Harry and Meghan. Yeah, it was a very newsy week. <laughs> a very week. strange so week. So yeah. lots to get to. Um, and we're also going to talk about skincare. Yeah. Because that's... You know, top of mind in the winter when everyone's chapped and burning and on fire. <laughs> I hate that word so much. It's oh, like my moist. <laughs> well, for those looking to be more moist because they're chapped. Oh, no, I'm Aaron, sorry, everybody. Erin has some information for you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah i did not know that that was uh your word like i literally feel <laughs> like a gag reflex kicking in right now well oh, that's so funny <laughs> how was your holiday we, we were working pretty much all the way through yes. but how, did you have any exciting moments uh, there were no exciting moments um wah, wah. but it was mostly it was nice it was very chill like it was very That's uh, good. yeah which was nice um so it was a very nice holiday um yeah no it was actually good that there was like no like exciting moments i prefer fewer exciting moments. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so uh it's been good um getting back into reality has been a real struggle yeah, bus situation. those weeks when we had a day off in the middle of the week i know really messed with my both internal and external and the holiday clock. vortex is real oh like, it is bet- that week between christmas and new year's i didn't know what day of the week it was I know. and we were at work and we still didn't know what day of the week it was i know and it's like I, can i put bailey's in my coffee every day <laughs> like is this is it can i stay up all night like what's happening yeah yeah we had an email about payroll on the thursday after new year's and i was like why it's monday like i was just so confused like but we're so back confused. the first back. week back we're in the zone we're in the zone sort of went to the gym yesterday Whew. things are looking up at least personally globally <laughs> we'll get to but yes. how was your holiday slash last few weeks also pretty quiet but it was my nephew's very first christmas and hanukkah because my brother's wife is half jewish so they celebrate hanukkah as well um and he just like having christmas with a, a small child around we haven't had that for a while in our yeah. family and even though he's obviously not old enough to really understand what's happening just like showering him with gifts and toys and him being so cute just makes everything better. It really does. It does. I feel that way about my niece. And she's three now, so she does get it. Oh, she, yeah. Um, and uh, it's funny. We took her to Paw Patrol. Right. As her Christmas gift. But my husband wanted to get her something that she could open. So he just found this like, it was like this random frozen themed accessory set, like with like a wallet and what the this frozen wallet was her favorite gift like she Aww. kept hugging it because <laughs> she likes to play a game she calls buyer not shopping but buyer 
<laughs> and then she was like and then she opens it and she's like it has no money <laughs> like whoa, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> we got toby grandpa a, hooked her up it's okay <laughs> yeah we got toby um because they're re-releasing all those old fisher price toys, yeah like the old phone on wheels fun and the little popcorn vacuum thing yes so we got him the record player i love the record player with little the little plastic vinyl records that actually play songs because he so loves music cute. and i was very excited about that but Mark has been, te- my brother has been teaching him not to rip the pages out of his books. Mm. So when it came time to ripping Presents. wrapping paper, he was very, very hesitant. <laughs> he'd like make a tiny little rip and then look at my brother and he's <laughs> like, it's, it's okay, go ahead. And he'd be like, no. And Mark would have to open it for him. It was I'm very sweet. By but yeah, it was, it was just really nice to uh, have a different perspective this year. Yeah, it, it's nice to see it through their eyes. It kind of brings some magic back. the world's on fire oh my gosh like it's it just yeah the first 10 days of this year have been a real roller coaster so yeah there's the australian wildfires which are very scary like the images from australia over the last little while like with the yeah. red skies and for me it's the animals and yeah. like i understand that people are losing their homes and people are dying but like the animals just break my heart i know it's like their their whole entire universe is up in flames yeah they don't understand they don't understand maybe they do i don't know who knows what koalas understand but (laughs) they're on fire like the koalas are literally on fire and there's all these images of like koalas with their paws and buckets of water and people feeding them or giving them water from water bottles on the side of the road yeah it just breaks my heart i know it's it's just the loss of their habitats, the loss of, of the animals. Um, it's also, it's interesting because I think koala bears are kind of a good face of this tragedy because I think they make people open their wallets for sure. Like oh, I yeah. think people are donating because it's like, oh my God. Um, but it's also, you think about the things that aren't cute. So there's lots of scientists being like, oh my God, the ecosystems that will be impacted because of all the insects. Oh yeah, burning up and yeah. like, you know all yeah. those things that we kind of don't think about. Yeah, but it's good to have, and it's funny because when I did a story about the species survival program at Assiniboine Park mm-hmm. in Winnipeg, they talked about how red pandas, which are kind of koala bear esque in their adorableness, like mm-hmm. you are like, oh my god, you're magic. They're like a fox and a and a panda yeah. mixed together. It's they're what's called an ambassador animal, and ambassador animals are useful because they're usually cute and cuddly and endangered, and they <laughs> raise awareness. Right? right. So I feel like yeah. koala bears have been kind of been the ambassador animal of climate change, in the way For polar sure. bears used to be. Yeah, um, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. So it's been just harrowing to watch that happen, and just you know. But I also, at the same time, I'm getting really salty because there are so many people who are like doing their Instagram, all these people by people, I mean celebrities yeah. who are posting these Instagram stories being like, I donated a thousand dollars. I donated. And you're like, dude, your net worth is $30 million. Thing? Kylie Jenner was like, oh, I donated a million dollars. She's a billionaire. She should yeah. be donating a hundred million dollars. It makes me so irate. And I'm like, I am torn because I also don't like to tell people what to do with their money. Like they quote-unquote earned it worked for it whatever you want to <laughs> say it's theirs it's theirs to do with what they sh- they want but However, at the same time if you're going to donate a million dollars out of a billion dollar fortune i don't think that's anything to be proud about well and it's interesting because in this whole 10 days of 
bananasness globally. Yeah. The glo- Golden Globes <laughs> yeah, happened, yeah, right? Yeah, it was the best. And it just felt so, like, usually I can have a bit of cognitive dissonance with the Golden Globes and be like, I'm going to enjoy this for the opulence that it is. Yeah. It, it, this year, it felt so wrong almost to be watching this award show because it was mm-hmm. like uh, the, just the displays of wealth and like the things going it's just like, and then people kind of going up there being like make sure you vote donate to australia like yeah, it's like the, the collective wealth in that room could fix the world exactly so i'm with you it's kind of like uh, i don't like telling people how to spend their money either but except for billionaires i will happily tell billionaires how to spend their money yeah and then like, there <laughs> people were ragging on keith urban and nicole kidman because they're both native australians mm-hmm. for donating five hundred thousand dollars and i'm like you're trying to tell me that one of the be- most loved country singers in the world and one of the best actresses quote unquote and the highest paid actresses in the world couldn't string together a million dollars a couple like, million dollars I mean, some big little lies money you couldn't have gotten come on that's a big old eye roll for me i know and then yeah just and then things kept happening so then iran of course is a oh, whole gosh. political issue that we're not going to dive into too deeply except to say Oh my God, the heartbreaking loss of life on that flight. And so many local yeah, people. Lots of Winnipeggers or 63 Canadians. I think yeah. there was uh, people from almost every province. Yeah. Um, 20 from Edmonton. From Edmonton. Which is mind boggling. Um, especially because their um, like Iranian Canadian community is is not enormous. Like pe- mm-hmm. they, these people would all know each other basically yeah because i think it's like about four thousand people or something um so yeah just so many like two pairs of newlyweds all the kids (sighs) yeah like that were just going home Home. for break and then come like coming home you know there was a story that i read today about um a guy who had a ticket mix up so his wife was on the plane but he wasn't because (gasps) oh no Uh, there's not even words for that like how do you even so yeah there's just too much going on to even process right now I know. it just feels like everything is in a tailspin yeah and it just you know and then being here in canada where we are i feel both very lucky but also very helpless mm-hmm. you know what i mean like there's all these terrible things happening to a greater degree than there has been in the past. Yeah. And we're just kind of so displaced from it. Not that I want to be in it, but like, no, but, but I feel very displaced and from it's, it. It's interesting because I think partially a function of that living in Canada and also partially a function of working at a newspaper where you kind of have to, you, you can't take it home, right? You kind of have to mm-hmm. do, be able to do our jobs. We have to have a bit of a separation there. Um, so I'm not usually affected by global events to the point where they keep me up at night until Mm -hmm. the last two weeks yeah yeah so just real problems sleeping like it kind of reminded me like kind of during when 9-11 was going down and during the first gulf war when i was little yeah uh being really afraid of what was going on so far away from me i have this weird fear and i don't like whether it's warranted or not we will not know until it happens but like of the other shoe dropping you know Mm -hmm. like how is it only a matter of time before these things ripple over mm-hmm. into North America? And I feel like it is only a matter of time before yeah. stuff kicks off in the States again. And then that will eventually funnel up to us. Yeah. 
So I'm just kind of like, oh, it's that anxiety of just waiting to see what happens. Absolutely. And uh, there's been a lot of good reporting um, from our paper as well as others about the Canadian victims on the mm-hmm. Ukrainian flight. Yes. So I encourage people to read them and kind of learn about these people and kind of because it, it, it's actually helpful it um, is. to kind of remember them and, and read about their lives and their families. And Yeah. Um, going to really change the subject to something a lot lighter yeah. to a different family which we'll talk about briefly and then get into skin stuff but harry and megan were also the other the news trifecta the big news story this week um, yeah yeah they bouncing <laughs> <laughs> so basically they're just like we're stepping down from our senior royal roles which what is that like what is their job what are they stepping down from well i think they're stepping down from their actual titles okay and with those titles comes x yz in terms of right. responsibility in terms of charitable whatever public presence whatever you yeah, know yeah. interview whatever <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of things that they ha- they are obligated to do if they are acting members of the royal family so yeah they are saying goodbye to all that i can't blame them and well I, I think a large part of it is, and it's funny how the discourse around Meghan Markle basically accusing her of Yoko Onoing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when really it's like, oh, it's so like funny. you know, you have this, she moves, she gives up her career. Yeah. And then has to deal with like super racist tabloids and coverage that's oh, invasive yes. and horrible. And then people are like, how dare she? what like so i can you know what i can see it from both sides because like obviously she should not have to deal with the just like blatant racism of the british press yes but at the same time if you're gonna marry the prince of england Mm -hmm. you you know what you're signing up for when you get into that relationship like this is not a surprise well and i think so i i I do kind of see it from both both sides i did read um a piece that was in one of the british papers that was actually talking to a Buckingham Palace official. Okay. Who was saying, like, no one's incandescent with rage, which is a phrase I'm <laughs> I love that. That's really um, good. It, it's basically about how can they help the couple achieve this goal? Because he's not, it's not William, right? Like, he's not next in line for yeah, anything. Yeah, I don't like, think, I think anyone cares what Harry does. No, I think they're fine to let him, I think they're just trying to figure out what that is. I think what was unfortunate was the timing and that they didn't really seem to know that they were planning on announcing it. And, and also that like, it was oh right God, before wow. Kate's birthday. Like what <laughs> a bunch of shade is that? Holy. Um, uh, sorry, Kate. No one cares about your birthday. Harry is moving to Canada. <laughs> like, <Okay>. So. <laughs> sorry. That's just like one last uh, stab in the gut. And apparently uh, the, like Madame Trussaud's wax museum removed <gasps> Harry and Meghan oh, from like, no. the display. So it's just like oh. Charles. The Queen. The heartbreak. And William and Kate. I wonder oh if they're going to give goodness. them the wax statues to put in their home when they move across the ocean. Do you think right. they're going to live in Canada or America? I don't know. We were talking about this. I think Canada. I, I think that would make sense. Commonwealth. Yeah. And I think Megan has friends and well yeah because she filmed suits in toronto for so long yeah so i think they i wouldn't be surprised if it but i wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't toronto like Like, i i could see like a bc do you think this is going to be like a princess diary scenario where their kid will never know that he's actually a a prince no and that one day he'll grow up and be like working at mcdonald's and someone will be like hey i googled your parents no no (laughs) (laughs) i feel i'm just like waiting for this movie to happen i mean i think if he wasn't already like on social media maybe there would be a chance that's true i I think they're 
be like, what? I my think he's too part of their my brand. Great grandmother is the queen of England. <laughs> <laughs> my uncle is the king. What? But yes. Oh, the so movie options are endless. So interesting. But the best oh. um, headline I've seen comes from the cut in New York where it's like, Harry's already dealing with the like life of a plea because apparently he was in an all day conference call with his grandma and everybody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, so it's like, yeah, he's already spending his day on a four hour conference call with <laughs> members of the palace. Yeah. That was also the confusing part to me where they made the statement saying they wanted to be essentially financially separate. So that's interesting because I, have they not already accumulated like enough wealth that they could just live off that for a long time. You would think so. And then what does that look like when they return home? Like, do they live in... Because you can't live in the palace part-time. That's not financial independence. No. Like, you live at home. <laughs> yeah. So, like, are they going to have just, like, a part, an apartment in London? That they pay for themselves? Uh, it just seems so strange to me. And, like, is he just going to get a job as, like, a consultant? I know. But, you know, I admire it. Like, that is... I could see him getting into politics. I could see it, too. And, I mean, I think it is as much as we're talking about extremely privileged, rarefied people, yes, it does take a lot to cut them ties. Cause it's not just like you're walking away from your family. Like it, it's the monarch, like it's an institution. Yeah. Um, that does not, if you've ever watched the crown, take too kindly to people being like, bye. But, but it, ha there is a, a, a sort of precedence. Well, and it's not again, like, I mean, well, Queen Elizabeth is queen because her uncle abdicated. Yeah. yeah. You know, so that, I mean, history could have looked entirely different had he remained in right. the throne. Um, we'll just have to see how things play out, Exactly. I guess. Uh, so, yeah. So, bringing things. We went in the opposite Lo order yeah, today. We did. We Going started from heavy. terrible to, like, yeah, frivolous, perhaps. <laughs> yes. Which I think sometimes is necessary. Is good. It's okay. like, this is the dessert portion. Right. <laughs> True enough. So you yes hung out with Winnipeg's like skin mastermind. Yeah, her name is Tina Cable. I refer to her as Winnipeg skincare guru. Um, she runs a company called Muse. That's M Y U Z Artistry. She's a makeup artist and facialist, and esthetician, and all around skincare genius who knows everything about everything. Already booked until June twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, so she releases her like appointment available appointments in probably three month chunks and they disappear within an hour uh, two hours oh yeah if you're not on it when she releases her schedule like sorry you're gonna have to wait yeah like but it got us we were working <clears throat> on this feature yeah and it got us talking about skincare mm -hmm. because it has really exploded yeah so in the last five years it has increased 40 billion dollars to become a 140 billion dollar industry and then in another five years they're expecting it to be a 180 billion dollar industry a wow. year industry yeah and yeah yeah and so tina thinks that the rise of social media and the rise of influencers has a, had a lot to do with it because everyone's constantly taking pictures of themselves constantly hawking some kind of product absolutely being a paid sponsor of this that or the next thing and um having beautiful quote-unquote flawless perfect skin mm -hmm. is now very much a part of people's brands even more so than it was before absolutely and yeah. i think i think also too related to that i think people want to look like their filtered instagram photo all the time in life like oh yeah for sure yeah. yeah and then they see those products i mean like that girl has beautiful skin yeah i'm gonna buy that product so then everybody has these hundred products but they don't even know how to use them or what they're for yeah um and so that's another thing we talked about too is like 
there's no such thing as having too many products if you know how to use them. Right. The problem is that people are buying things solely based off of the recommendation of one person that they follow. And not actually getting their skin assessed. Assessed by a professional. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also to um, the... And we see this also not just with skin care, but also like plastic surgery Mm -hmm. and fillers injections i think they've become a lot more normalized oh for sure um that's also from influencer culture yeah and there was a really interesting story in the new yorker about instagram face and how a lot of people are getting starting to look the same because of plastic surgery to look like oh for sure a sexy baby tiger yeah yeah Um, no it's it's (laughs) the plumped up lips yeah no wrinkles in your forehead like completely um monotone skin like perfectly matching skin. yeah it's just yeah it's nuts yeah and then the third thing is the um rise of self-care yeah as a industry yes yeah so you mentioned this point and i included it in my story and did not give you credit yeah. um <laughs> my points are yours. that is it's sort of like this three-pronged venn diagram and then skincare is right in the middle absolutely and that's why it's booned so much is because it appeals to these three sometimes overlapping demographics yeah absolutely yeah of people yeah yeah so super interesting yeah and just like and then I also kind of wrote about Tina and the fact that the hype is totally worth it like she is mm-hmm. very very good at her job and I've gone to see her once like months ago and she does a full consult and goes through all the products you use on your skin and she'll be like nope that one's not right you shouldn't be using that <laughs> and then she'll offer suggestions but there's like obviously no pressure to buy it but she'll say she'll ask you what your concerns are and then tell you whether they should be a concern or not and then tell you what you need to do to fix it if there is a problem which is also sort of reassuring it is because <laughs> i came with a list of concerns that was as long as my arm and she's like i don't see any of that so you're crazy <laughs> but um yeah it was really interesting to talk to her and also she's like a first generation canadian she's a female business owner she's a mom of three it's nice to kind of promote those kinds of stories as well we're going to end the show with reading watching listening because there's always lots of really interesting things coming out around the new year yeah and more time to watch stuff over the holidays if mm-hmm. you are like us and like to be recluses yes so um anything interesting that you've been watching or reading i am going to do i'm gonna do ro- watching and reading okay because i'm with listening i'm into my i only want to listen to stuff, stuff I, I know, know. yeah I um but reading i'm reading a book by she's a san francisco based artist and i think she's a professor at stanford as well oh fancy who wrote a book called how to do nothing and i think it came out in either 2018 or 2019 uh but it, it's called how to do nothing resisting the attention economy mm. and kind of delving into how i am into that yeah it's very interesting it's it's a bit academic but it's also entertaining to read um but kind of talking about how um you know being on the internet all the time social media keeps us anxious and distracted which are profitable states of being in capitalism oh absolutely yeah so it's really really interesting and i just Ooh. finished a, a chapter about how like um this craving that most of us have like getting away from it all i mean like i want to move to a cabin in the woods how it's not realistic because we've seen that in history via communes in the 60s right. so like it's really really interesting so i've been enjoying that um and then watching you're gonna talk about a skating show i'm gonna talk about the skating show but also <laughs> the weirdest show i've ever seen oh yeah so skating show it's called spinning out it's on netflix it's like nashville meets the oc on ice there's too much happening <laughs> 
Like there's there's are I plan to start things. it this weekend after your going uh, on. Yeah, your review in the car on the other day. But I crushed it in two days. <laughs> and they are forty five minute episodes. Like How many episodes? Ten. Okay. Like that's... a season of TV. Yeah. Okay. Um because I just like, I need to know what's going on. But basically it's about <laughs> a skater who um on track to go to the Olympics, like star skater, uh, has a fall, cracks her head <gasps> and has PTSD to the point where she can't do jumps anymore, Aww. which has kind of derailed her skating yeah. career. Uh, January Jones from Mad Men plays her momager, who is also suffering from bipolar disorder. Oh, jeez. She has a little sister, so it's kind of like a weird Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan situation in the same family. Um, oh, wow. There's, all, there's so many storylines. There's too many storylines. And yet, <laughs> it's like one of those, like, just sort of juicy, Love it. soapy shows. Yeah. Um, that also, though gets weirdly nuanced on issues such as mental health and racism so i don't know <laughs> okay do you check this out um and then the weirdest show i've ever seen zoe's extraordinary playlist okay this is network right nbc yeah uh they kind of had like a preview episode because it seems like they had to retool it because lauren graham was recast she was replacing someone oh um, oh that, i didn't like, know lauren that. graham was the one recasting someone else yeah yeah no i i understand but that's uh, still like juicy yeah, goss yeah so uh <laughs> what the episode first episode was aired this week and then it doesn't pick up again till february 16th oh. so you'll have to wait a bit it's a jukebox musical no okay. wherein the lead character goes into an mri there's an earthquake because it takes place in San Francisco. It's apparently all media I consume. Okay, I'm already San hating Francisco. this, but continue. And then after the MRI, she can hear the songs that people have in their heads slash their like what they're trying to communicate. Like their so it's like a desires. what women want situation, but with music. Right. It is <laughs> okay. the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And yet I watched till the end of it because I'm like, I care about what's going to happen. So I don't know. I'm going to give it a few more episodes. Okay. It's an hour. It's a dramedy. I think, like, my husband suspects it's trying to fill the hole left by Glee. I think that's probably Probably right. accurate. Um, and also Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah. Ended and that was sort of a similar, not the, but the music aspect of yeah. it and the dramedy aspect. It's like yeah. full musical performances of yeah. pop songs. Yeah. Um, what is kind of compelling about it, though, is that her dad, who is played by Peter Gallagher, has, I think, ALS or some sort of disease that has left him unable to communicate mm -hmm. except through song after she has this new ability so I'm like hmm that could be potentially sweet but i don't it's, it's so weird it just it's a lot of ideas yeah it's some would say of, too many ideas a lot of things going on yeah so yeah oh one more <laughs> small oh. side i've been watching a lot of yeah clearly um john mulaney's sack lunch bunch mm -hmm. on netflix watch it for is it a series it's a special that's like kind of like a children's show, but not really. Like oh, okay. it's kind of like a children's show as made by adults. But there's a song about only wanting to eat a plain plate of noodles with a little bit of butter that I've literally <laughs> had in my head for two weeks. <laughs> and that's all my things to watch and read. Okay. How about you? Um, okay. So I was really excited for the show Messiah that was coming out on New, uh, New Year's Day, January 1st. So I was like, I'm going to stay here. Netflix. Okay. So I'm going to stay home all day and I'm going to watch this show because it was basically a combination of like, like a religious thriller with Homeland. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
I am born and raised Catholic. I take interest in religious documentaries and things like that. But also, like, what's happening to TV based on the shows <laughs> I've described and what you just yes. described? <laughs> so I, I don't really want to explain the premise too much because it, it's kind of difficult to do that without giving away. And I know how much everyone who listens to the show hates spoilers. Um, so basically, this man pops up in, oh, shoot, where does it start? Israel, I think. Um, and people basically start to think he's the new Messiah. Okay. So then he makes his way to America and things progress, et cetera, et cetera. I was very interested in it because it, it's the Venn, Venn diagram again. Relevant of to your interests. All of my interests. Yeah. Um, I'm very medium on it. Like I watched the whole oh, thing in two bad. days and it was like, I would say only okay. Hmm. I don't know if I wouldn't have a burning desire to rewatch it. And then it ended in a very cliffhangery way. And I don't know if it's popular enough that they will renew it for a second season. So now I'm like, well, then what happens? Oh, no. Yeah. So it was it was very confusing. There were a lot of sort of perhaps lazy plot holes, things that didn't really make a lot of sense. Um, there were parts that were very compelling and very interesting, but just I would give it like a solid three out of five. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. I Yeah. When something you're really looking forward to is kind of... Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I was kind of bummed out by that. And then... Um, I've been listening to Harry Styles' new album. Mm. Very good. Yeah. I love him. I have no shame about how much I love him. The record is is excellent if you haven't listened to it. It's kind of, it continues on with what he did on his first solo record, but it's very, um, I don't know, it's got shades of like 1960s Elton John. I will check that out. And as should. <laughs> By that glowing recommendation of words that I can't think of in my head. Using recommendation. Um, no, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting to see his evolution from like, being placed in a pop yeah. group to really finding his feet as a creative artist. And he definitely has that sort of 70s yes. event. And he's not afraid to take risks, not only with his music, but with his style, the way that he presents himself. He doesn't seem super like gender specific mm-hmm. in his presentation of himself, which is, you know, becoming i guess more common now but still yeah um it's just interesting to see him come into his own as like a young man and an artist and he just has always had the best vocal chops in that band that is no secret yeah i have been loving the number of like gowns on men and eye makeup that we've been yeah. seeing especially the golden globes this year i was like yeah. oh my god i like this into like, it yeah um you can find everything that we've written at winnipegfreepress.com you can also follow us on social media i'm at jens Raddy on twitter and instagram and I'm at Nyaravel on Twitter and Instagram. My brain just like turned <laughs> off just there. Oh boy. Happy 2020, everybody. Yes. We'll see you next week. <laughs>